All right. You know what? It's important that you know that Boardman gets paid, okay? And Boardman gets laid. This is important. And it's a lesson. It's a life lesson. This is Storytime with Dave. I'm your host, Dave. I'm wearing really comfy pants right now. You got to get like one pair at least of like cozy PJ pants. It's Wednesday evening. I'll probably release this tomorrow morning. Listen to this. Like, ready? Can you hear that? That's me pulling the pant and releasing it. And it's kind of like a rubber band. They're very elasticy, but loose fitting. These aren't joggers, okay? But they're they're really they've become really important in my life. I just got them like a few days ago at Burlington Coat Factory. So you know they were like 7 bucks. Big time, man. Small adjustments you can make in your life that can have a very positive impact include get a comfy pair of pants. Get good socks. And try to get them all the same brand if you can for folding purposes. It makes life a lot easier. Find a brand that you trust. Good socks. And you know what? Don't keep socks forever. Once the socks life is done, let it go. Throw the socks out and get a new repertoire. I don't know if that's a proper use of the word repertoire. And get good boxer briefs, men. Get good boxer briefs. And you know what? If you get them a size bigger than you think, like I always got large, but now I get extra large and they're a little longer and you just don't get wedgies anymore. They don't ride up. Listen to me, men. I'm just trying to give you the facts. You know, my audience is like 83% men. I was looking at the analytics and stuff. So you guys are all dudes mostly. But I feel like this is really a podcast for women, which is what confused me about the whole thing. Taking a sip of water. Today we have strawberry sparkling water. You know, Boardman gets paid. Listen, something you should do if you're, even if you're not, like I'm Jewish, so that's how athletic I am. And I'm pretty good at tennis, but that's about it. I'm not good at basketball But I go play basketball anyway because it's great exercise and it's a lot of fun. And this is a great time of year for it because now we're getting that 75 degree weather, which is beautiful. So I go and I play basketball with my basketball friends, you know, and you make black friends. If you ever wanted black friends in your life, if you live in a place like Hoboken where I live and you go play basketball, you'll make black friends too. And I love black people. And then they'll say things like... This is what I'm trying to tell you. I was playing the other day. And I, I, you know, I was just like on a good team. I was on a team of good players. One of them was this like, it's like this six foot seven or six foot eight eight black guy. He's a really nice guy. I don't know his name. It it takes a long time before you learn the names of your basketball friends. Because at first it's just for a while. It's like, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? You don't get names until a few weeks in. And then you start getting names. But we were playing, and, and, and I got an offensive rebound. I got an offensive board, and I put it back up. I was down there at the Baja. I had not taken it to the Baja. I was just hanging out in the promised land, waiting for in case I could grab an offensive board. And I grabbed the offensive board and got a bucket. And then my new black friend was like, board man gets paid. Board man gets paid. And I was like, You're damn right he does. I got hyped, dude. I was hyped up because bored man does get paid. And that's an important life lesson, you know? You might not have a great jump shot and you might not have the athleticism to take it to the Baja at will, but you can be an integral part of a team by just getting boards, man. Bored man gets paid, dude. And then board man gets laid later. Okay? Because women love a board man. Obviously, I'm not talking about the state of being bored. I'm talking about board man. Like charcuterie board. We had awesome charcuterie boards. 
the past week. My woman knows her way around a charcuterie board. Let me tell you something, fellas. Get you a girl who knows her way around the charcuterie board, okay? It's fucking awesome. The bites? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. We're talking 9.8. One bite, you know the rules? 9.8, 9.9. I know it's unprecedented and unheard of, and it sounds like a rookie score, but you weren't there. And you don't know the cheeses? You have no idea. <laughs> I forgot to call it. That was a sip of water. I was taking a sip of water. Sorry, I'll keep you guys in the loop always. You know that about me. Oh, man. So, yeah, before we get into the dystopia stuff, I just thought I'd give you some good news. Like, I'm the board man, and I'm getting paid, and I'm getting laid. And I have new friends. One of these kids looks exactly like Richard Pryor. He's my buddy. I think his name is John. I'm pretty sure. He doesn't look like a John, but I think his name is John. It's a lot of fun, dude. Go to the local courts. It might be a little intimidating at first. But ingratiate yourself in the basketball scene. You'll make new friends, unlike your other friends. They're a particular type. Sometimes you get the frat crew, not my favorite, definitely not my favorite. They take it a little too seriously. You know what I've learned is like there's nothing worse than playing with or against someone who's taking it too seriously when it comes to pick up basketball, but it's hilarious to watch when there's one person on each team or more and they're taking it too seriously and like no one's that good. And then you're watching and you're seeing these guys and they're like jawing at each other, talking shit. They might start a fight over a pickup basketball game. I almost saw a fight between like who was pro a, a man who was probably 45 and a small Indian lad who was probably, I don't know, in his early 20s. Because the Indian kid does reach a lot and he fouls a lot and it is annoying. But he's a little pipsqueak, you know? I mean, he's, in, he's in fine. He's a nice kid. And then this, like, 45-year-old dude was, was wanted to fight him for, like, honor or something. So that was hilarious, just watching that go down. That was really funny. Let me tell you what happened, too. I was playing there yesterday, and some guy came up, and it became a, a school assembly. There were a bunch of us. There were like 20 to 25 people on the court. There was a lot of people on the court. It took a while to get a game. You had to wait for a lot of games. And this guy walked up between games and he's like, let me get your attention real quick, fellas. And he was like this guy, he was probably like, he said he was 57. And he starts giving us this spiel about how he used to play basketball with Michael Jordan at North Carolina. And he starts doing like, you know, like the spider, like figure eight dribble, I think they call it, isn't it called a spider or something? Like cool dribbling techniques. He wasn't even very good at it. And he's like telling us this stuff. And it's like, I was like, what, what is this? Cause he, he does give school assemblies. I learned later and things like that. You'll see in a sec. So I was like, this is a school assembly. What was amazing is that people were actually paying attention, but there was no reason to really pay attention. Because he, like, what What do you, we're trying to get, we're trying to play the next game. I need, board man needs to get paid. I didn't want to wait around. I was on the next game because we had just won. So we had just won the game and then this guy comes in and interrupts everything and people are just watching him and he's doing these little tricks and stuff and then he takes out this globe ball, this ball that's like a globe of the earth and he's telling us about he's traveled all over the world to like 62 different countries. And he's spinning the ball, the globe ball. He's spinning it, spinning it. For some reason, there was a toothbrush involved, and I forget why. Something about cleaning up his life, like a toothbrush or something like that, how he cleaned up his life. And he's spinning the globe on the toothbrush. And what was amazing to me that I realized is he was using it as like a device to hypnotize so that people would continue to pay attention because then... As soon as he starts spinning the globe ball, he tells us the most important thing, boys, is to make sure you read your Bible. And then it became clear what was going on. We were getting the, the old Jesus pitch. That's what he was pitching. For a while, I was like, oh, this guy's like some washed up has-been who never went pro. 
and like likes to show off to kids at random basketball courts in Hoboken and show off how good he is at spinning a basketball on a toothbrush, this guy. But as it turned out, he was just trying to sell us the message of Jesus. Now, you know what? I don't, I don't like, I try not to scoff anymore. I try not to be that guy who's like, because, you know, I, we all go through that phase. Everyone goes like, there's nothing less cool than being like 30 and still being an atheist and thinking that's cool. You know what I mean? Like you can be an atheist and that's fine. But the people going like, can you believe people really think there's a God? What a bunch of idiots, you know? Praise Fauci. Because those people just worship science the same way that someone worships God. So that's what's extra funny about those people. They think, they're like, Elon Musk is going to put a chip in my head? Cool. They're like, the government would never lie to us. It's either the government or science is their new religion. So, so, they're, so they're so oblivious to the fact that they're still religious. They don't, they don't even acknowledge that. They're not even aware of that. They're so silly. But it's just like so uncool. It's like, yeah, we all go through that phase, dude, where we grow up religious and then we discover the internet and then we find out things that maybe all of that stuff might not be true. Or maybe you find a different religion that you like more. Maybe you're like, I don't really like Christianity, but I like Buddhism or something like that. But then the people who find atheism just, everyone, yeah, that was me when I was like 16. I was like, fuck God, dude. God's super gay, bro. That shit's gay. I'm not that stupid. I'm smarter than that. So then all of a sudden, because like this is what we all do in so many ways. We want to find ways to make ourselves intellectually superior or morally superior to a large group of people. That's why the vaccinated love the unvaccinated. They act like they hate them, but they actually love the unvaccinated because they feel like they're better than the unvaccinated. And the more people that are unvaccinated, the more people they're better than. So they actually need the unvaccinated to validate themselves some way in life because they're low status people and they've never achieved anything. The ones who have achieved things, you're like, why do you need this? You can feel superior in other ways. You'll see like successful people tweeting about it. I'm like, don't you have like tens of millions of dollars? Why do you need to feel superior in this way too? Can't you just feel superior to the corporate slaves who haven't figured it out the way that you have? Can't you feel, why do you have to like load up on things, ways to feel superior? So I tried my best to not scoff at this guy. And that, like, it was hard for me because, and a lot of me, a very powerful force wanted me to just go up there and derail the whole thing because he had no right to be speaking and have the undivided attention of my basketball bros. I was going to go up there and start telling them about the vaccine. A lot of these kids that I was playing with, especially yesterday, the, the age range is like 17. The 45-year-old guy's like an outlier. Because usually it's like 17, 16, 17-year-olds 17 up to like my age, 28. I'm usually about the oldest guy out there. Or maybe there's like a 30 or 31-year-old. But that's, once you're in your, your knees can't do basketball anymore when you're 32. I don't know how the 45-year-old guy does it. <laughs> so hold on, sip of water. The guy's telling us about Jesus and he's spinning the ball. And I had never, those things never really registered with me in the way that they do now. When you start thinking about hypnosis and specifically we've been discussing mass hypnosis because we are in a, we're currently in a situation where a large, large percentage of the population and all population, I'm talking about the global population is under a spell and they're currently in a state of hypnosis. But that's a little bit different. Although, probably effectively, it's essentially the same. It's probably essentially the same. The guy spinning the ball, he was spinning the ball. And it was keeping people's attention. It was like a hypnotic device. In the same way that like the media acts as a hypnotic device for them to keep... Like, look over here. Be afraid. Look over here. Look at all the ICU beds. Look at all the unvaccinated people dying. Look at this, look at that. And then meanwhile, you don't even realize what they're doing to us and how they're degrading us. 
and how they're taking away what few freedoms we have left. And isn't it so silly? And I've discussed it before, the word freedom, what they've done to that, that it's like people will scoff at that. Imagine having the audacity to scoff at that. You must be so much of a cuck that it's unbelievable that you could scoff at the idea of freedom. You're a weak, weak person. And you know, I was trying to explain to a guy nicely on Twitter because he was one of these people who does not value freedom at all. I said, you should be thanking, because he was a man, and I said, you should be thanking the men who aren't as weak as you because they are able to provide you with the life that you may not deserve. They're able to provide, they've provided you with things that you may not deserve because you don't value them in the way that you should. I mean, look, you don't have to. But the point is, if the society was a bunch of you, was a bunch of you guys, then we would all be even more slaves than we are now. I mean, we might be chipping away, we might be chipping away at, at rocks for no reason in a, in, a, in a concentration camp if there was a bunch of you guys. But then maybe the leaders would be so weak that they would be so weak and timid that they wouldn't even try to enforce those things. Who knows? But the bottom line is, it's just pathetic and weak. So this guy's using his little hypnosis device, but I just found that to be the most interesting part of his pitch, that he was using this ball to keep the attention of the fellas, my basketball friends, board man gets paid. And um, in a way that like I'm, I'm saying, Lauren was explaining this to me last night, she made a good point. Like, I, I'm, I keep saying board man gets paid. Is that a hypnotic device? Perhaps. Is it keeping you engaged? Perhaps. You know, I found it to be an interesting point. There could be lots of forms of hypnotic devices. It's not just limited to a ball spinning on a toothbrush sip of water. So, it was just so funny. And then, listen to this. So, we were having a great day yesterday, me and the team that I got matched up with. The team I was playing with, we had won like five games in a row. And it's like winner stays on. So you want to win games because then you get to play more. But then at a certain point, you're like fucking exhausted. So you actually kind of want to lose too, or you, you wouldn't mind losing. Just so you could take a break. And we were playing with the 45-year-old guy who almost got in a fight today. We were playing with him. He was on our team and he was good. And then this guy who gave the Jesus pitch, who used to play with Michael Jordan allegedly, he swapped out with the 45-year-old guy, and then he's playing on our team. We didn't agree to that. I was talking to the kid, one of the kids on my team, and this guy goes, I'm going to play with you guys. And he, like, knew the 45-year-old guy. I don't know. He was into Jesus too, I guess. And then he switched. By, and I, I said this other guy, I was like, we, we have to play with this guy now? What the fuck? I didn't like that. So then he's playing with us and we lost. We won every game in a row. So clearly God was not on our side. I'm sure God's busier with other things to do. But he certainly did not put too much stake in this guy winning. And we all had to suffer because of it. And God's probably like, let them come to you, bro. Why are you bringing Jesus to everyone else? Let them come to you. And then you can give the pitch. You don't want to just, you don't want, you know, that's the problem. It's like, you don't want to be pushing that. Let people come to you. Because that was the other thing. Last point about this, and then we'll move on. You, I wanted, I was kind of like cracking jokes to people while it was going on. Because I was like, is this really happening right now? And like, I, I you know. Eventually, I just sat there and listened because I was like, maybe something will be, will come of this. Maybe I'll gain something. You try to look out for things like that, especially when something's happening and you're like, what's going on right now? Maybe pay attention because maybe something might, important might happen. Something important for you. <clears throat> the, the, the one thing is that <clears throat> you couldn't really... You couldn't really, um, I was cracking jokes about what was going on, but then some of the kids there were like into it, you know, 
so you don't know. It's a it, it creates a really weird, potentially uncomfortable situation where like, what if I'm gonna crack a joke about it to someone and they're like, "Don't fucking joke about that, dude." He's talking about Jesus, and you're like, and that's fine. But at the same time, I'm like, you. It's still funny what's going on. The situation's still funny. Whether or not you fuck with Jesus is kind of irrelevant, and whether or not what took place there was funny. It was kind of objectively funny, but you know how people get about religion or science, the new religion, or vaccines, the new idol, or whatever you'd call it. What would the vaccine be? The mark of the beast? But to them, it's not the mark of the beast. To us, it's the mark of the beast. To them, it is like a badge of honor, a rite of passage, something of that nature, sip of water. I was just playing a lot of ball. I got to hydrate. Okay, so um, let's talk about some other things that are going on. We'll do a shout out. Hey, what's up? Shout out to Matt. I gave him a shout out like two episodes ago. He gets another one because he's dealing with some shit. And Matt is like living it. Like some of us are trying to live it. We are in a dystopia right now. The most important thing is to act on an individual level in resisting the dystopia because nothing's going to just happen. You sit there and you wait. And we're all waiting for something to happen. And in some ways, it's like... In some ways, it's, it's a practical thing to do. I mean, like, in the apartheid state, New York City, for example, like, I can't go eat in a restaurant now. Because I'm dirty swine. I mean, I'm Jewish. I mean, I'm unvaccinated. What's the difference? It's the same thing. Unvaccinated is just a new Jew. Okay? And before Native American or what have you. Second class citizen. This is the new segregation. The new Jim Crow. The new Jim Crow, by the way, is a really good book. But that's about um, the prison industrial complex. Very good book, though. Highly recommend. So, you got it. Okay, so, what I was going to say is, yes, there's an apartheid, it's an apartheid city, and there is currently medical discrimination taking place, and people being treated as second-class citizens, including myself. I don't make a big fuss about it, I just go to New Jersey, because... For, for whatever reason, New Jersey has been actually pretty good. Initially, they were pretty bad. And Phil Murphy is a big, he's a big fag douche. But it's, New Jersey is far better and Hoboken's been just fine. So I just like, I'm just not, I'm like, whatever, I'll just be here. And, and when I say waiting it out could be a practical solution. In this case, it's like, Look, there's a new mayor. There's going to be a new mayor. Not yet, but there's going to be elections. Bill de Blasio is not going to be the mayor anymore. Bill de Blasio is one of the worst mayors in the United States of America. You look at that guy's speak, and you don't know how one person voted for him. In a city of 9 million, you do not, you can't even fathom that one person voted for him when you look at him do anything. I would believe, I would sooner believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes than to believe that Bill de Blasio got one. That's how inconceivable it is that that man is somehow the, the head representative. What a joke that word is, by the way. If Bill de Blasio represents New York City, then that city died the day he was elected. Then that city is undergoing a spiritual decay of epic proportions if he is the lead representative of the people of New York City. It is disturbing how awful he is. So, with all that being said, he'll leave. And the guy who won the primary, Eric Adams, is like a former police officer. He's a Democrat. He won the Democratic primary. He's a former police officer, so he's basically a conservative. He's basically a Republican. 
So I do have some hope that when they finally, when the city changes mayors, that whoever the new mayor is, even if it's the Democrat, that they'll get rid of the apartheid city, that it will no longer be apartheid. That is my hope. But again, who knows? Maybe Eric Adams will turn out to be just as big of a cuck as most other politicians. That seems realistic, but maybe he'll be just bold enough to say, you know what? We're not going to at least do segregation. We're not going to do medical discrimination. Maybe they'll do all the other stuff, but maybe just not that. It does seem realistic that that might happen. So, on, and, and that one particular situation, you go, you know what? I might just have to not do things in New York City for like a month or two or whatever, a few months. And that's not the worst thing ever. I mean, if they come in, like, I, I don't even know what to do then. Like, if they come in, whoever the new mayor is, and continues this, then I would be like, well, what do I do now? Maybe I should move. Maybe I should fucking leave. Maybe I should go to Texas or something. I don't know. But then you start thinking about, but then isn't that escaping? So you have to defy things, but it's just hard to when you're just one person and we'll all have to discover together what types of exemptions there are and how we could take advantage of this because there's definitely going to be loopholes and ways around this. So we're going to have to figure it out together like a team and we'll figure out what we can do. (laughs) But what I mean, I guess, is like it's going to always be at an individual level. And something interesting, well, it's, it's kind of sketchy when you, de- when you look at the downfall of the Soviet Union. When you see how communism just kind of abruptly ended and there was no bloodshed and nothing, it's a little weird when you look into it. And you, I'd be curious to find out what actually went on. I mean, I guess the idea is that it just collapsed all of a sudden. But when things like that happen so dramatically and there's no violence and there's no coup and none of it, and it just kind of ends, you got to go, well, how does that happen? I mean, is that, is that something that could just happen? But I forget who the psychologist was, but he talks about this thing called like parallel, parallel society. It's like eventually people, you just have enough people within a society in a dystopian society, the way that the Soviet Union was, the way that our current society is, although it's different. And I'm not saying it's as bad yet. But, you know, when I'm in a FEMA camp, I probably won't be able to make much of a distinction between the FEMA camp and the Gulag. They seem pretty similar. You know, I'll be moving bricks from one pile to another only to move the bricks back from pile B to pile A where they came from. And I'll say, this feels a lot like a gulag. It doesn't seem much different. But for now, things are better. But there's, it's still, this is a dystopia. Let's not lose sight of that. That's one of the most important things. Even if you're not going to take direct action and you're not going to take your mask off on the train, like, you don't, take it from me, dude. I have not worn my mask on the train, on public transportation. Okay, it depends. I'm talking about the PATH train specifically. You don't have to wear your mask on the PATH train. You don't have to wear your mask on the light rail. I had a confrontation with a guy on the bus. I don't take the bus anymore because this guy was such a fucking queer. You know what? That's not even fair. That's like a misuse of the word queer. I'm sorry. He was a fucking cuck, dude. He was such a... But he was... But maybe maybe that's even an insult to cucks, what this guy was. He was such a fucking loser. And it's like, maybe, I, t- I think I did tell you guys a story, but maybe like being a bus driver for so long and being so low status in a society and finally having the ability to exert authority on other people, to put yourself above other people. And you'd look at this guy and this guy was fat as fuck, out of shape, disgusting man. The mask was good for him because I'm sure he was hideous underneath. But, you know, he, when I got on the ma- a bus without my mask and he was like, hey, Put your mask on. I was listening to my headphones, but I could hear him. And I said, uh, yeah, one sec. And I'm like getting it out of my backpack as I walk back to my seat. So I kind of brushed him off. I yelled, yeah, whatever. 
And I was going to put the fucking mask on. I was going to put the muzzle on my face, whatever, dude. I had to get to work. And he, he parked the bus and got up from a seat, followed me back. I sat down. He's just standing there looking at me. And then I put on the mask. And I kind of gave him one of these like, okay, there. Are you happy? I gave him one of those. And he just looked at me and stared at me for like five seconds and just shook his head. And I so badly wanted to say something like, just go drive the bus, you know, put him back in his place. I'm like, look, we're all human beings. Okay. I'm saying I, 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 I don't want to be like a giant. I didn't want to like, I wanted to do it like jujitsu or judo or something. I would never like go to a bus driver who had never, who hadn't bothered me or anything, be like, just drive the bus. Like if a bus, like I'm at, like if I got on a bus and I showed the bus driver the ticket and he's like, okay, have a nice ride. And I'm like, just dr- shut up and drive the bus. I would never do something like that. But it was because this guy took the initiative. This guy wanted to exert his unearned authority over me. And I wanted to put him back beneath me. You know what I'm saying? But because he deserved to be put beneath because of his behavior. He deserved it. I didn't do it because I didn't want to escalate the situation and start getting him having a fit. And maybe he would have had a stroke because he was so fat. So I was worried because I'm actually concerned with people's health. Not really, but certainly neither are they. Sip of water. So you can take individual steps, okay? And you don't have to do, if you feel really uncomfortable being getting dirty looks from people on the train because you'll get dirty looks and you just look back at them or just look away. Sometimes it's fun to just be looking at the person. I saw a guy, there was like an older guy, not old, like not at risk old, but maybe 40s. And he was on the other end of the train from me. And there were like four people in the train car. And I was on the other end and I just felt someone staring at me and I looked over and he was just staring at me and I just looked at him for like a little bit. And it wasn't even like, uh, like I wasn't even looking at him like in a way that I was like, you want to square up, bro? You want to square up? I was just looking at him like, what, what do you like? What, what, what is this doing for you? You know, I was kind of like looking at him like quizzically, like, there's four of us in this train car. Like, even if you were concerned, we're socially distanced. I was 30 feet away from the guy. And he's just staring at me. But it's because, I don't know, maybe, I think part of that is that people hate themselves because they hate what's going on, but they don't want to acknowledge it. They know deep down that the root cause of part of their anxiety about this whole situation is that it feels wrong, but they're playing along with it. And so a part of them dies or it stays alive and it festers within them and it creates self-hatred and it's sad. And so maybe that guy was staring at me and it was that self-hatred because I was sitting there at the very least not complying with this one part of the much broader situation that's going on. And I was saying, at least for this part, that's a no from me, dog. I'm not wearing the mask on the train. No one's going to say shit. And he was looking at me, and I don't know. Or maybe he's just so horribly hypnotized and brainwashed that he had true, that he truly did hate me or dislike me or disapprove of what I was doing. I don't know. It's hard to say. (laughs) So, You don't have to take direct action like that if you really don't want to. I mean, I would appreciate if you did, and a lot of people would really appreciate it because we have to start doing things. It's been almost, it's it's been over a year and a half, and it will not stop. It will never stop. Yeah, we got to start doing some things, okay? We don't have to go down, burn down, we don't have to go burn down federal buildings yet. But little acts of civil disobedience, the time is nigh upon us, friends, because they're going to get you, they're going to make you take that, that booster shot. And then they're going to make you take that second booster shot and that third booster shot. And every six months, and your card is going to start to look like a CVS receipt. 
Your vaccination card is going to look like a fucking CVS receipt. You're going to have to unravel it. You're going to have to keep it in a scroll. And they'll say, did you get your 175th booster? It's the year 2033 and we're on 175. And you're going to say, because you're going to, because you're going to lose function. You're going to lose all mental capacity because the autism will get you. It might not get you on the first one or the second one, but by the 35th dose, it's almost inevitable that those heavy metals will creep past your blood brain barrier and will wreak havoc on your brain. Okay. And those might just be the lucky ones. So it's, it's time guys. It's time. We have to start doing things. And at the very least, if you're going to not do anything, at least just please still remember, always remember that this is a dystopia. Always, whenever you look around and you see people wearing masks, always remember that that's not right, that that's wrong, that masks are wrong. Because here's the fundamental thing and what I realized You know, it's funny. I was hanging out with Lauren in the backyard last night and we were just talking and I basically did the whole podcast for her last night because I was like, I kept saying things and I was like, I'm saying that on a podcast tomorrow. So she already heard the whole episode live. Here's the fundamental thing about the mask and like what I kind of realized is that I don't even want to engage in the argument anymore of whether it works or not. Like I'm convinced that it doesn't work and people out there can be convinced otherwise that it does work. But to be honest with you, if you're going to force someone to do something, you better have the better evidence. You know, it'd be like suing someone and not having any evidence and expecting them to defend themselves and like putting the onus on them. It's like, no, the onus is on you. You have to prove that something happened. And if you're going to force little kids to wear a mask at school all day, you better prove that they actually work. That's on you. But it's besides that, I'm not even interested in engaging in that argument anymore. The mask is degrading. I don't care if it works or not. It is degrading. It's dehumanizing. That's what it is. And that is irrefutable. No one can tell me otherwise. You want to argue about whether or not the mask is comfortable or uncomfortable? I don't really care if it's comfortable or uncomfortable. It's degrading. It's the state saying, you are a slave. Put that mask on your face, bitch. If we tell you to stay in your home, you will stay in your home. If we tell you to go to the FEMA camp, you will do what we say. And you'll wear a mask the whole fucking time. And you know what? You'll wear two masks if we say so. You'll wear two. There's like this... I forget what school it is. Some school has mandatory double masking. I think even if you're outdoors, it's definitely mandatory double masking indoors, but it might even be outdoors. I forget what college this is. It's some college, some university. So, because then the other thing with that, there are, those are public universities too that are doing these things because people always make the private argument and the private argument is stupid too. It's a dumb argument. It's, it's, it's not, it's like a, it's easily, I don't like using the word debunked because all the fucking, because Snopes uses that word and shit, but it is easily debunked. I mean, when you take into consideration, like my company, for example, this is a comedy podcast. So I'm obviously talking about a fictitious company, my company, when they send out the email and they repeatedly send out this email about the mask, wearing the, the new mask protocol, they send the email every day. And it says in the first line, in accordance with CDC guidelines. Is the CDC a private company? Is that the government? So how are you going to make it? Well, a private company can do what they want. It's like, well, they're following government guidelines so they don't get sued. Okay, so are they really doing what they want? Is that actually what's going on? Are they actually doing what they want? Or are they following the government They're doing what the government's telling them. And then with a public university, you can't even make the private argument. That's a public university. They use taxpayer money on their bloated administration so that a bunch of people can make a bunch of money except for professors. Professors can make the least. And in some cases, that's kind of deserved 
because I think we should be thinking about, we should be talking about defunding teachers, especially after all of this. They're cowardly. They're way too liberal. They're indoctrinating children. They want to ruin this country, the teachers. Some of them don't. I'm just saying like 95% of them. I'm just saying that like 95% of teachers deserve to make less money. And I know they don't make much now. I know that. But I think a McDonald's worker should make more than a teacher. Is that okay for me to say? I don't really care if it is or isn't. That's just how I feel about it. You want to talk about defund the police? That's fine. Let's do that. But let's also defund the teachers. Sip of water. The reason I gave Matt the shout out is because he's currently dealing with a situation where he just got fired from his job. I don't know if I'm, am I allowed to say this, Matt? I'm going to ask you, before I post this, I'll ask you. He has a health situation where he really has a legitimate excuse why not to wear a mask. And he did get a note from his doctor saying as much. And they still fired him. And, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, that might be what has to happen for some people. I don't know. I mean, this is what they'll say, too, with the, um, so I just want to shout out Matt. We're, we're pulling for you, dog. Let's all send good energy to Matt. And send bad energy to his boss. Actually, don't do that. Let's not do that. Let's be high frequency here. I'll tell you about my situation at work, my fictitious job that this is all, this is, I'm doing a bit right now. Well, real quick before I do that, because this is what's going to happen at the hospitals. You have a bunch of nurses and you really should be asking yourself this question. Why do so many nurses not want to get vaccinated? Shouldn't that make you think a little bit like, This idea that everyone who doesn't want to get vaccinated is an uneducated hick. I'm like, hey, look over here. That's what I try to tell people like when I share, like when I'm sharing my story, like people want me to be as retarded as they are so that they can be like, oh, Dave's just a retard. Or even they want me to be more retarded than they are so they can be like, oh, Dave's just a retard. That's why he's not getting vaccinated. That's why he's an anti-vaxxer, because he's just a dumb fuck. But unfortunately for them, I'm not. And in a lot of cases, I'm smarter than the people. I'm not saying I'm a brilliant guy. But I'm saying a lot of these people who are out there posting all the time about follow the science, trust the CDC, I love Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates would never do anything wrong. A lot of those people, they're very dumb people. And I know that I'm much smarter than them, and they they are will look at me, and I think it confuses them because they go, but this isn't fair. Dave's supposed to be dumb if he's an anti-vaxxer. He's supposed to be dumb. So they have this vision in their head that they see someone, you know, eating horse paste, not taking a prescribed ivermectin, but eating horse paste, waving a MAGA flag, morbidly obese wearing a wife beater having sex with their cousin that's what they want all, they that's their vision of all anti-vaxxers and really i mean obviously like being against this vaccine does not make you an anti-vaxxer i'm a full-blown anti-vaxxer but a lot of people who are against this vaccine if you want to call it that aren't even full-blown anti-vaxxers it's just this one so they want they have this vision but then the reality is that a, a like a really surprising percentage. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but I know it's like 20, 30 percent, maybe more, of nurses and healthcare workers aren't getting the vaccine. Wouldn't they know? Isn't that a little concerning? You know, because they also think, oh, you just got all your information on Facebook. Well. Are you going to still say that for doctors who are saying no to the vaccine and for nurses? And then this whole idea that the hospitals are going to collapse again, which they never did in the first place. There was never any collapse of the hospital system. Even when the pandemic was at it, if you want to call it that, even when the scam was at its worst last year, hospitals weren't collapsing. 
So many of those stories were bogus about like the refrigerator trucks for dead bodies or whatever. It was nonsense. They weren't using them at all. There was no Andrew Cuomo, disgraced former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. He got that whole boat, like that red Red Cross boat, and like the Javits Center. They didn't even use it. They didn't even use it. And he was the one killing people by putting you know people back in the nursing homes. He should be. He should die in jail because of that, honestly. I would love a sitcom where we get to watch like a sitcom of Anthony Fauci and Andrew Cuomo being cellmates dying alone in prison. When they, or Well, they'd have each other. I, I hope that when it's all said and done that those two are cellmates. I really hope that happens. Um, where was I going with this? Let me take a sip of water, gather my thoughts. Hold on. So this incoming like collapse, they keep saying, I mean, this is just fear porn. The hospital system's going to collapse. It's going to collapse. It's going, if it does collapse and this time it might, it's going to collapse because so many healthcare workers are quitting or being fired. For not being vaccinated. <coughs> so the healthcare system is collapsing itself because it's mandating things that it has no authority to mandate. This is the whole thing. My whole thing about like representative government and what a joke it is, like I don't believe in it anymore. I don't believe in democracy. The idea that like my representative. I think I'm still technically a registered voter in like the fifth district of New Jersey, not in this county, but where this guy, Josh Gottenheimer, Gottheimer or Gottenheimer, that guy does not represent me at all. He's not my representative. Like the idea that you, like, I don't even like calling him that. He's the, he's the corporate, whatever. He's the corporate representative for that portion of New Jersey. He represents, I, he, he's like, none of these people are actual representatives. Like, he, even like a guy like Rand Paul, like I'm sure Rand Paul's like a, a snake. Anyone in government for a long time is a snake. It kind of just happens. Like there's no way to escape it. But when he's like grilling Anthony Fauci, I go, okay, well, that guy's kind of representing me. I mean, I don't live in Kentucky, but that guy's kind of being a representative of what I think. That happens. I felt that way once in a year. That so, someone was kind of representing me in government. These people are not representatives. Obviously, if the system isn't as corrupt as it currently is, maybe there's a situation in which there could be somewhat accurate representation. But like, I would, I wouldn't even... I didn't even like doing group projects where someone else was like doing most of the talking. If there were like five of us doing a group project in high school and someone's talking too much, I'm like, this guy is not doing a good job representing our project. I don't even feel comfortable allowing one of five people to represent me in some way. I don't like, I don't like it at all. So the idea that like people go, well, they do, the government does have the authority to mandate. Because it's government by consent. I'm like, well, if I say I don't consent, then how could you make the argument that I'm being governed by consent? Because other people consented for me? Is that what it is? Like, they're just, you just have to get a big enough group to consent for you. And they go, no, Dave's fine with the FEMA camp. Throw him in the FEMA camp. He's fine with it. We all said so. There's way more of us than him. So we all said so. What a joke, dude. What are we at right now? We're at 49 minutes. We'll probably wrap it up soon. You know, I'm worked up. Boardman gets paid right now. Boardman gets laid later. Oh, man. I, but I feel like this was a good one, right? Guys, don't you think this was a good one? I feel like uh, I really wanted that. Before I started recording, I was like, I really want this to be a good one. And I feel like I really delivered here. 
I'll tell you about work before we end the episode. Listen, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get fired, but please start donating more because I might need it. Obviously, you can do so via Venmo, David-Namery, if you'd like. Value for value. This was a great episode. Consider it. Also, we did get a donation from Matt, the aforementioned. And he just said Rachel. So I think that's a Rachel episode request, and we will get that recorded. I have to record it when I'm home, when I'm back in my parents' house, because otherwise I won't see Rachel. I guess she could maybe come down here. But I will get that Rachel episode. You know she's a recurring guest. We always get her in here. We love our fetal alcohol baby, Rachel. Sip of water. That'll be the last sip of the episode. And now let me tell you about what's going on with work. And this is obviously a comedy bit. And this has nothing to do with reality. If you're a slave like me, if you're a corporate slave like me, I'm not, I try to, in whatever way I can, not be too much of a corporate slave. I mean, of a slave generally. But you don't really have a choice. Like, I'm the lowest paid, like, I'm an entry-level position at a big corporation. So I am a corporate slave. And, um... You know, they made this guideline, this new guideline just out of the blue where you have to put your mask back on because vaccines don't work, but that's not why really. I mean, that's so, dude, what about the flu, man? What the fuck, bro? Like, what about the flu? This is all so stupid. Can you guys like, do y'all feel me on that though? Do y'all really feel me on that though? Boardman gets paid, dude. I mean, Boardman is angry right now. What happened to the flu? So I don't know. It's like, you know, so for months we didn't have to wear the masks in the office. And then all of a sudden we do. Even though everyone's vaccinated or, well, I mean, I don't know how many people are vaccinated at my company, but a lot of them are. They'll do whatever they're told. You know, they're weak people. So I'm like, everyone's vaccinated. Why would we put the masks back on unless the vaccine doesn't work? Could it be that vaccines are as useless as masks? Is that what it is, maybe? I mean, look, my opinion on vaccines is that they have caused far more harm than good. And I'm talking about all vaccines. But that is certainly true of this vaccine. Whichever one you want to talk about. Moderna, Pfizer, who cares? They're all useless. Just varying degrees of uselessness. And they're all dangerous. Just varying degrees of danger. And I saw an an article from like the Jerusalem post that's like scientists in Israel are now investigating whether or not vaccines are dangerous. MRNA vaccines are dangerous long-term. I'm like, that's great, dude. Let's start studying that after we've given the vaccine to 2 billion people. Let's wait till we give it to 2 billion people. Then let's see if there might be long-term negative consequences from it. That's what I'm talking about. That's called following the science, baby. We love that. We are taking it to the Baja with the science. That is great. Yes, let's let's give it to 2 billion people. Okay, now let's figure it out if they'll have horrible repercussions later on in life. Yes. I mean, can you believe it, dude? Like, I can't believe it. I say these things and I, I should... I guess like some people will hear that and be like, well, I don't know, all this stuff, what happened to the flu? And people will be like, well, you should just accept it. Just be used to it. They just took the flu off. The flu just took the year off. And I'm like, that's so ridiculous though. Why are we just like not acting like it's ridiculous? We just keep like, we just keep getting blindsided. And so that's part of the hypnosis. Just keep hitting them with stuff, hitting them with stuff, hitting them with stuff. And then it gets to the point where like the idea that the flu took a year off just is like, yeah, it did. And people are just like, yeah, it did. The flu just took a year off. I mean, it's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. I cannot, I'll never be able to get over that point. I'll be an 89-year-old man if I live that long, if the CIA doesn't kill me. But I'll be an 89-year-old man like, the flu took a year off. 
It's a bunch of bullshit. Is that a <coughs> I know I said that was my last sip of water, but I need one now because it kind of hurts. Was that an all right old guy voice? It's not something I do a lot. I can only do an Indian accent. Every accent that I do is just an Indian accent. I can't do any other one. It all just becomes an Indian accent. So I'll, t- I'll tell you about what went on. But it, it was just like, I, I felt, I was so enraged by that when I saw that email one day. New mask protocol. I was so disgusted and disappointed and not surprised. <laughs> and I responded to the email. Obviously, this is a joke. No, this really happened. I responded to the email and I says, listen to what he says to these bozos. I says, hey, I have concerns about wearing that. I used HR language. You know, I spoke their language. I said, I have concerns about the mask. It's uncomfortable for me. I don't like how it affects my breathing. It makes me lightheaded and dizzy. I just like, that stuff is like, look, the mask is really uncomfortable to me. But like I said, I'm not even engaging in the argument anymore because it's degrading. That's what I like the least about it is degrading. And if you don't feel degraded wearing a mask, then that's a problem. You should remember that you're being degraded. Don't forget that. Don't lose sight of the fact that you are being degraded. Please. And that should be enough. I should be able to email HR and say, hey, the mask to me is degrading and humiliating and I don't feel comfortable wearing it. And it's your job as the HR department to make me feel comfortable in a work environment. So if you're just going to say tough titties, then I'm going to say, do your job. You're the HR department. You figure something out. I don't know, but I'm not doing this bullshit. So I responded to them in an email, like sort of like that. I said, I have concerns about them. I said, I didn't bring it up last year because we were in the heart of the pandemic and people were dying and I didn't know what to do. Like whatever, I just did all that bullshit. And I just made it the most like HR-ish email. And I sent it to them and then they just said, hey, we'll have to talk about it. We'll have to discuss. And I took that and then they said, we'll discuss tomorrow. But they just never reached out. So I said, okay, ball's in your court, dude. I'm not wearing the mask anymore. So I just stopped wearing it at work. And I was the only one in the office. Every day that I was going in, and I only go in like once or twice a week, but every day that I was going in, I just didn't wear the mask. And that's the thing, and maybe I said this before, if you wear the mask like around your chin or around your neck or whatever, or like dangling from your ear, then people are like, suspicious and the super maskers will like get mad at you because they're like why isn't he wearing his mask he's supposed to be wearing his mask you know and they'll get all rabid and start frothing or foaming at the mouth or whatever but if you don't wear it at all then people assume there's a reason why you're not so they don't even like seem to mind like I would talk to my coworkers and stuff and I'm just like not even they weren't even really bad an eye at it some people would be like I, I was in the elevator with one of my coworkers who I like. He's my buddy. And we have both just gotten lunch and like we were taking the elevator back up to work. He's like, so you're just not wearing the mask? And I was like, no, fuck that. And he was like, I wish I had balls like that, man. And I was like, just take off the mask then. I was like, just do what I'm doing. I'm like, we. <laughs> I'm like, it requires no balls. Just take it off. Like, you're good, man. It's fine. Like, I'm like, no one said shit to me, so it's fine. So anyway. Then I had the hammer dropped on me because the VP of my department hates me. He's a big, like, he's one of these, like, I don't know. I don't really know. I just remember, like, back when Donald Trump was president, he would bring up Donald Trump. Like when we were having like meetings, which I, I was like, who does? I was like, it's very unprofessional, you know? He's very anti-Trump, I'm saying. So he's one of these guys and he's very like, he seems to get like a real hard on for, for the pandemic and he likes that superiority. It's not enough for him to be in charge of lots of people and work environment. He also has to be morally superior to them. We were talking about this earlier. So it's not enough for him to be a VP. He also has to be, you know, He also has to assert his moral authority. 
So, he, whatever. Long story short, he became a problem for me. And he went to the HR department and they said I was lying and that I never emailed them. I went to the email chain and I responded to it. I said, hey, so-and-so, I know you told so-and-so that I never emailed you, but this is it. And they said, well, we never authorized you to not wear the mask. And I said, well, you should have said that then. So now I'm thinking like, I don't know what to do, but I don't want to let, I don't want to drop it because that one day I did put the mask on like a good slave because I had nothing else I could do. Like he, he won the battle, but maybe not the war, but I, I just did, I just said fine. And I put it on and I was livid. And I want to keep making it a problem for HR. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I got to lose, I'm going down swinging. I'm not just going to lose. I'm not just going to do it. I'm going to continue to be a problem for them. I'm going to start sending them HIPAA guidelines and be like, so I just want to be clear. Are, does the company not um, subscribe to HIPAA guidelines? You're asking for a doctor's. They said, if you provide a doctor's note, we'll see what we do from there. I'm like, first of all, if I provide a doctor's note, I'm not doing the mask. I bet they'd make me wear a face shield. That's what I bet. Even more degrading than a mask is a face shield. Because you look like a fucking loser. The people who willingly wear face shields and masks, I would, I want them to, I want to do an exchange, like a foreign exchange thing where we send them to Afghanistan or something and we take, and we take refugees from Afghanistan and replace them because those Afghan, those Afghani refugees will certainly value individual liberty a lot more than these face shield wearing cucks. I mean, what a fucking clown world. It's so crazy, dude. I can't believe it. It's crazy, man. Face shield and a mask. So that's what, you know, we'll discuss it. And I go, wait, so, but by asking me for a doctor's note, aren't you, isn't that an invasion of my medical privacy? Do I have to disclose these things to you? Like, so it's all it's all messy and fuzzy and I want to just be a dick about it now I'm like you know what I'm gonna make their like I was gonna say I'll make their life so I'm not but I'm just gonna be a problem and like I'll be the squeaky wheel I don't know what it will result in but if they were to fire me for not wearing a mask I know that I would I don't know what I would do we'll see it would be interesting though but then the latest development is I went into the office, obviously a fictitious story. None of this is true. I went into the office yesterday and the VP guy who hates me was not there. So I just went back to not wearing the mask. And my coworker who was sitting by me and we, I went in on the wrong day. So we don't usually work, whatever. It's a fake story. But she took off her mask too. And I was like, this is how we're doing it. We're starting a rebellion. And I did want to say to her, like, just so you know, you're going to get, you're going to get the wrath of this guy if he finds out. But for today, we will be, we will be free men and free women in this corporate slave environment. That's going to be it. We're we just over an hour. That's going to be it for today, folks. I just like, I cannot stress this enough. We're in the, we're here, man. It's, it's here. It's been here. This is the dystopia. We're here. I keep telling you, I don't want you to feel defeated about it, but we have to acknowledge our situation. If we're going to be able to realize the severity of the situation, we are like, this is it, man. This is it. The mask is just a symbol of it. But it's very important. I harp on the mask so much, but it is so important. And do not any longer engage with these people in arguments on whether or not the mask works. It's irrelevant. I mean, sure, it's relevant. But don't even engage with these people anymore because they have no evidence on their side. They have none. They have nothing. Understand that. (laughs) <laughs> they will purport to have evidence. It's nonsense. Okay. They just listened to, they just heard Don Lemon say it and they think it's true. 
but don't even engage with that. It is degrading. There's no way around that. The most pro mask person cannot even make, well, they'll just scoff at that. They'll go, oh, it's degrading. And then they'll try to call you weak for feeling like wearing a muzzle on your face is degrading because you feel that it's degrading. They will try to say that you're weak because you don't just put up with it and be a good slave. What a clown world we live in. But it's going to be okay, guys. Everything's going to be okay. Maybe we're just being tested or something. And you need to have a lot of love in your life. It's important. And, and it's, got, it's, we're, it's all going to be individual. It's all going to come from us individually. It's not going to come from outside. We got to stop waiting for something to happen. It's not. And things will might continue to get worse. Maybe they just get better. I don't know. They could just get better. I don't know. I would. I hope that happens. But it doesn't seem to be going that way. So let's start doing our part. Okay? I love you guys as always. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.